You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast coming to Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, here we are, actually a week from today, we'll be able to talk about uh, first camp practices under the belt and things of that nature, um, and slowly making our way through summer, slowly making our way closer to some Cleveland Browns football, even if it's camp, I think we're all ready, I think we're all chomping at the bit, so to speak. Uh, so without further ado, we're going to get going here with your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound on Locked On Browns, your local experts on the biggest stories. Pete Smith in the house today, um, brought to you as always by the fine folks over at Hotels.com. Um, you know, it's summertime, try to make a memory, small one, big one, use Hotels.com, get rewarded basically everywhere, be there, do that, get rewarded, let the folks at Hotels.com be the people who help you create that little memory of the summer of 2019. Uh, we're going to get into our D-line preview today, but uh, I just want to get to this first. Uh, Pete, it, it seems half the Baltimore Ravens rookie class isn't ready to go. And kind of, well, when you draft some guys with some injury issues, it's kind of where you're headed. And look, some of these guys, they really need. Um, yeah, I mean, look. There was a obvious. It's not a surprise to see Marquise Brown on there. Um, look, that is a serious uh, surgery he had with the Liz Frank thing. And I thought I always thought uh, that they were selling him being ready way earlier than it would reasonably. <laughs> Granted, it's a much deal for guys who are three hundred pounds. But both John Greco and Joel Batonio had the rehab. Have you like close and could theoretically be quick? And not something that holds him out uh, for a while, uh, but in the case of Jalen Ferguson and Dalen Mack, I don't, I, I didn't see any better out. Those are two guys who provide instant and uh, functional. Uh, certainly, Dalen Mack is going to be very, very good as a nose, and uh, Jalen Ferguson, you know, the all-time NCAA record holder for sacks, and I think he could be a really nice fit in that defensive scheme, the way they're having it, where they're going to basically use his power. Uh, and, and probably try to, as much as possible, limit his uh, exposure to being, you know, his agility being an issue. Uh, but if you're trying to get excited for training camp, that's that's certainly not the way that's uh, to start out by basically saying, well, here's half our draft class. They are uh, not ready to go. And, and for anyone who's unclear, the non-football injury uh, designation uh, means – it could be an illness or an injury suffered before they came into the NFL. So, if the, you know, in the case of Marquise Brown, he had a foot injury suffered in, in at Oklahoma, uh, and I don't know what the deal is with Ferguson. I don't know what the deal is with Dalen Mack, uh, but that's where you know that that becomes interesting. Like it could be you know an illness or something, and maybe there's details I have not seen, but uh, definitely not where you want to start training camp. Um, and look, if you're any one of the poor suckers who's got early camps to, uh, you know, early tickets to the Baltimore Ravens training camp, you know, this sucks, you know, because uh, usually what draws everybody, uh, it, you know, you want to go see the rookies. Um, you know, Marquise Brown, it's, you know, it's not a concern today if he's not doing anything, you know, a month from now. Yeah, it's a concern because uh, you put a high investment to him. 
Um, and the key to his game is 100%. It's speed. This is what makes him special. Um, he still got drafted in the first round. Uh, we never legitimately got a 40 on him. I don't think anybody questions it because you know, there's no doubt watching the film that the kid's speed is you know probably is world class. Um, it was starting to evolve as a route runner. Uh, but you know, there's still going to be there's going to be the whole thing of going from you know passers that he had in Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, and going to the passer he's now going to have in Lamar Jackson. So there's going to be a lot of work to be done there. So if you're gonna if Hollywood Brown cannot come in and do a lot of it and cannot give you really you know a lot through training camp, you have doubts about what kind of weapon the Baltimore Ravens because. A, any quarterback worth a grain of salt, it doesn't matter how good you are, his speed is so legit that it, it takes you a while to get acclimated. And there's, you know, if he gets a clean get-off and he gets a free release, you got to truly tremendously speed things up because that's how fast he is. And, you know, timing has obviously already been an issue with Lamar in Baltimore. And part of this becomes when a lot of it is you're throwing most of your balls to tight ends and now you got a receiver who legitimately runs low four threes if not better so that that's the most hurtful one there uh the Jalen Ferguson one just seems kind of weird um you know and you know, like you said maybe it's something simple maybe he showed up who knows I mean you know sort of cold whatever allergies something where it's just all right well you're not ready today hey you could be ready tomorrow uh Dalen Mack but uh you know Jalen Ferguson they need they lost a significantly good uh you know they lost some pass rushing help last year they need pass rushers um, Jalen Ferguson, we like the tape. We love the production. He just didn't show you much athleticism, which you know definitely gives you a you know a ton of you know concern. But you know every now and then there's the outlier uh, outliers who you can just throw that out the window in that type of stuff. And you know hopefully Jalen, you think if you know 46 sacks and you know in the in NCAA football should be good enough to translate into something. Uh, Dalen Mack is a guy who kind of picked it up, you know, kind of was lost as a freshman, soft, I mean, was pretty good as a freshman, lost as a sophomore, junior, picked it up as a senior, you know, did well through the bowl circuit, you know, certainly helped his stock rise and was a guy we thought maybe wouldn't have been a bad rotational guy here in Cleveland as well. Uh, so it'll be interesting, but, you know, look, I mean, ain't nobody listening to the Cleveland Browns and listening to Lockdown Browns going to, you know, feel any tale of woes for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, let's just hope that, you know, when everybody gets there next Wednesday, it's boom, uh, you know, all fire, you know, all cylinders firing uh, everybody, you know, pretty much ready to go. That's it's what you're looking for at this point, Pete. Let's, I mean, I guess it's what, six more days of go to bed early, don't get in trouble, and pray to God everybody shows up on Wednesday ready to rock. Yeah, you're hoping that nobody nobody decides to go have a last hurrah uh, before they go to training camp and get themselves in a situation where they're uh, having the cops called or, or whatever. Uh, do it, Le'Veon, do it, Le'Veon Bell style, where you said you left your two girlfriends in bed and they took your jewelry. That's fine. You're not getting suspended for that. Yeah. So that. Yeah. Certainly. I mean, the the, the thing is, you want. You know, you want guys to come in ready to go. Uh, you're not no pending uh, issues. You're hoping that you're going to, you know, like Jarvis Landry's going to get there and, and whether he decides to uh, disclose what, what the issue was um, or not. It, hopefully it's, well, that, that problem's over with. I am ready to go. And if there is any other lingering issues like that, then you know, hopefully those are taken care of. You, you don't want to have anything that's going to hopefully, you know, set things off on the r- wrong foot uh, 
in any of those things. So hopefully everybody's ready to go. Everybody's, you know, ex- uh, hope, you know, rightfully excited to be back there. I, I think there, you know, there's definitely an element of uh, shopping at the bit and, and, and it's not bad uh, at all, but, you know, given the amount of media exposure uh, they, they've had like this last couple of days, there, there's part of me. It's like, let's just get and go. Yep. And, and that's what and that's what kind of happened today, uh, uh, you know, on Twitter in the last couple of days. This is where it's at. Look, I mean, there's not much else to talk about. So it's yeah, it's more of a uh, you know, whip it out and measure who's bigger. That's all we have to do right now. And it sucks. No, let's get going. I mean, it's you know, once you're a week away, it's like, well, what's the point at this point? It's in it's similar to Christmas. Like once the tree's up, it's here. You know, so, and that's just, you know, everybody, let's get, and especially you, obviously, now, because, you know, you're full back into it, you know, as of Monday, so. Uh, with that, uh, Pete, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, look, everybody's revving to go at this point, and, you know, it's, you know, and look, it doesn't help that Mina Kimes, and, it, it, guys, if you have not read that, my God. God, uh, it's fantastic. Um, you get some real insight on Baker. Baker is, you know, Baker as a kid, the type of kid he was. Uh, you know, the fact that, you know, basically he was almost semi-stalking um, his now wife on Instagram. I mean, th- there was a lot into that. It was a good read. I have not gotten into it yet. I haven't had time. but It's I, long. I, I, it's long, definitely. I've seen, uh, you know, I've seen more than, more than a little bit of positive, uh, you know, buzz on it from Browns fans, but I, I have no doubt that, like, you know, there are other fan bases who are more than tired of seeing, you know, the coverage of Baker Mayfield and some of these others, and now it's, you know, now we're at that point where, let you know, we want to get them in there and, and see what they can do, which is which is fine. I mean, that, that I, I'm certainly we're all ready for that, and hopefully they can justify uh, all of the hype, you uh, and I don't think it's undeserved, but certainly that's where we want want this to go. And look, and every, look, every year, wow, you know, there's a team. Why is this team getting so much hype? Why is this team talked about so much? Uh, this year, it's it's the Cleveland Browns. Next year, it'll be somebody else. Uh, you know, you know, Cleveland will have either proved or they haven't. It's it's just the way it goes, you know. And you know, team, you know, media will pick a team, and if a certain team gets propped up. There'll be that certain part of the media that they're going to go the angle of, uh, well, let's try to drag them down. That fits my perspective well, and, you know, it just is what it is. And, you know, look, next week, everybody's back in camp, and we're actually talking football things, which in the grand scheme is what we're all hoping for. Pete's going to tell you about the good folks over at Blue Chew, and then we'll start digging into your 2019 Browns training camp defensive line preview. Denver Broncos have opened up training camp, and if you're watching their quarterbacks, you could quarterback Blue Chew. Uh, and, and for the rest of us, uh, trying to make sure we uh, have our A game, and certainly certainly anyone named Jeff, uh, then Blue Chew's there to uh, make it happen for you. It's not just about being able to perform. It's about being able to perform at your best, being able to perform consistently, and if need be, uh, be able to re-rack and re-queue. Uh, and get back in there. Um, that's bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue like the Broncos uh, and their terrible, terrible quarterback situation. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients in, as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. Uh, you can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, 
they work up to twice as fast as a pill. You can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And and for somebody like Jeff, the, the few and far between, you got to make got to make them, uh, the most out of the, the few you you get. <laughs> Uh, promo code for anybody looking out, uh, of course, uh, bluechew.com, promo code, all caps, code, C-O-D-E. Uh, look, guys, it's not one good ball from a quarterback. It's putting together four quarters of good balls. So thanks to the good folks over at Blue Chew for their sponsorship of Locked on Browns. Uh, Pete, I, if you want to start inside, you want to start outside, uh, let's get this rolling. Um, I don't. I mean, a year ago when we did this, it was kind of, uh, this year it's better, but it's still not as complete as we think it could be, but at least the bare bones, you know, front teeth of this, this is something. Uh, right. So this is going to be one of the more interesting competitions. Obviously, it's pretty obvious who the top five guys are going to be. Miles Garrett, Olivier Vernon, Sheldon Richardson, Larry Ogunjobi, and Jannard Avery. I mean, those are the... Those are the obvious guys, and those are certainly the most proven guys on the roster, and those are guys uh, that either are or have the potential to be very, very good football players and, and potentially, you know, all of those guys uh, either have, could have, or uh, may still have a Pro Bowl in their future uh, or some other type of offseason award. After that, it gets is where it gets interesting. And, you know, I have Trevon Coley making it. I, 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 and to be clear, none of these guys at this point are guaranteed a thing. Um, they could all get cut, uh, but I expect this is how it's. This is my guess on how it's going to work. Javon Coley is the most experienced uh, three technique, on, uh, other than Sheldon Richardson, on the entire roster. Uh, he has played a ton the past two years. I, I, you know, I, he needs to take a big step forward. Uh, but I think in a more appropriate role for him and hopefully taking a step forward, he is a very nice athlete. He does fit uh, in terms of athletic profile for a, a penetrating three tech. He has to be better. Otherwise that is going to be an issue. The Browns have to address somewhere uh, after that. I don't feel good about it at all. Cause I haven't seen him do anything. I have Carl Davis. Um, they need another nose. It's a question of if it's going to be him or another one. Uh, after that, I have Anthony Zettel. Uh, he is a nice edge player uh, that didn't get enough opportunities last year, but towards the end of the year, he started seeing more time on the field, and he, he wasn't like producing a ton, but he had more than his share of, oh, that's Anthony Zettel you know, making a nice play-type moments, three tackles for loss, close out the year. He's got size. He can play inside. He can play outside. Uh, and then I have Chad Thomas, and I don't condone it. I just expect it to happen. Um well, I'm I guess well, let's go here. There, Chad Thomas. It's 100%. It's clean slate time. Um, you still have the chance. Look, uh, we bagged him for a year, but there's a chance now to possibly prove us wrong. Um, look, I mean, Pete, we were impressed that he knew the address of the facility. So, I mean, he he, he he's gotten that far. Um, but it is a clean slate. Um, this front office, they uh, they kind of stand on their ground for guys they drafted. It's but it's it's now or never, Chad Thomas, because this is not the situation you walked into one calendar year ago. Um, right. So, look, I I would like them to move him inside. I would like them to rep him inside. I would like him to do something inside because everything I've seen from him outside is bad. 
Um, my big issue with Chad Thomas is hands suck. Um, and, and he's a musician. And, <laughs> they should be good. Well, and that may be the issue. Is he's afraid to hurt them or something? I don't know. George Costanza. He, he is. He is. You go back to college. He never used his hands or, or didn't know how. And then, you know, you're watching this year and like on building the Browns, his hands still are a mess. And 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 there's you know, it seems like they're focusing a lot of time on trying to fix them. And certainly that's the issue that he needs to address. But they don't look good to me they he doesn't look remotely comfortable uh and that concerns me i like i would like i said i would feel much better about him if he's you know 285 pounds or whatever and they're using him inside more uh and maybe that's coming but to this point i've seen nothing out of him nothing um so, but nevertheless, I think they're going to end up keeping him. And then that's nine. If they keep the tenth guy, my tenth guy is Daniel Ekwale. Um, my guess it will be either him or Carl Davis uh, at that nose. Um, but those those are the guys I have. Notably absent is uh, Chris Smith. Um, I, I think it's basically Chris Smith versus Anthony Zettel. The big advantage Anthony Zettel has is he's a little bit taller, a little bit heavier. I should say a lot taller, a little bit heavier and has more versatility and he makes a quarter of the money. And if you, you know, you move on from Chris Smith, be it a trade or just released, I think it's more likely to be released. I mean, it, it, it could be a garbage for garbage situation. Um, uh, you know, I think it just, it, it, it's more reasonable to move on from him. I don't think he fits well anymore uh I, you know I, I think he's a non-existent edge player who does his best work on the interior uh and, and it's not a it's not where he not that he generates sacks in the inside but he does you know historically he generates pressures on the inside and on the edge he just doesn't offer you very much um he his height and weight are very interesting he's a very thick bodied guy he's almost like 270 pounds at six one so he's he's got a uh, he's a dense player, but I, I, you know, and he's not a bad player. He's still very young. I just think that they're ultimately going to move on from him. Uh, maybe they can trade him for something, uh, you know, whether it's a conditional seventh or some other player, that's, you know, like another tailback competition or whatever. Uh, that they may they move on from him. So that's that's where I'm at with that group. Um, well, look, you look at the initial, you know the starting group, and look, it, it, it's vastly improved than it's been in the last couple of years. Um, you're talking about, you know, three pro bowlers and Larry Ogunjobi, who certainly fits the profile that, you know, he should at least make one trip one day. Um, all athletic guys, uh, you know, uh, all able to get after the quarterback. They can rush the quarterback, all four of them, and this is what you're going to start in your base defense with. Um and that's what you're going to have to love, and because you know, we emphasize this all the time, if this is going to go the way it should, you're going to see a lot of the pass because this offense should be geared to hum and put up points. So it, in turn, you're either going to be in shootouts or you're going to have a bunch of piss-poor teams trying to throw the living, hole, if living hell out of the ball late in the game to get back in the game. And so it's pr- pretty much you know, the, you know, Pete, I know you love the Simpsons. It's, you know, the... Uh, the release the hounds, Smithers release the hounds type of thing, and you're able to go that way. But look, Larry can play the run, Sheldon can play the run, um, but you do have the diversity. You know, Olivier can go on either side. You know, Miles can go outside, Miles can go inside. Some Sheldon Richardson can do anything you ask of him. He can go inside, he can go outside, he can go stand up, and it's a great initial 
group. Uh, no doubt about it. I, I think Anthony Zettel, this is a great spot for him now with the way this defensive line is currently constructed. A, the versatility is, it's a big, big reason for it. Um, so you should be able to, you know, be able to put out a solid four, you know, for every time you put in four defensive linemen on the field with every rep. Um, Jannard Avery, I mean, there's not much more that needs to be said here. You, you have a potential star in the making here. Um, injuries could lead to maybe where there's some weeks maybe where he's got to contribute as a linebacker, which I, I don't even know if we want to see at this point. But he can give you that if he has to. But but you see the, you know, the making of, yes, a little, you know, height-wise undersized, but, you know, makes up for it with ridiculous, ridiculous country boy strength and a great, great first step and able to walk back offensive linemen into the quarterback's lap. You know, Jannard Avery, you know, as a fifth piece here is perfect. Zettel, you know, obviously, you know, that, you know, just another good piece. Uh, Carl Davis, uh, look, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, he could be here. He could not be if they decide they want to get a little bit better at the defensive tackle. Uh, Coley, no doubt about it, is certainly into the mix. Uh, Chad Thomas, the thing is, are they going to fall on their sword and you know move on from Chad Thomas for a Chris Smith? The problem with Chris Smith now is, he, and I agree with you, he, he what makes him good, makes him successful, it's not a need anymore because you can put Miles inside. You can put Zettel inside. You can have Sheldon rushing from the inside. You can have Ogan Joby rushing from the inside. Uh, and Pete and I, we were talking, and a couple other Browns guys, we were talking with uh, a buddy, Mike K, who covers the Philadelphia Eagles, and he actually, you know, asked us if there was a possibility Chris Smith would be moved on. And, you know, look, Philly, they make great moves. Uh, it certainly wouldn't hurt Chris Smith. You know, it would be a spot where maybe he could get some reps, no doubt about that. Uh, Devereaux Lawrence is still a name here. You know, I, I don't think the front office cares too much that they gave up a seventh-round pick for him. But he is a name in play here, and there is Chad Thomas. Look, there is, this front office invested a pretty good pick in him, a top 100 pick. Whether it was you know warranted or not, <laughs> they still did. Uh, I, I think they're still going to give him more time. And you know, you're, if he's your eighth, ninth defensive lineman, which still doesn't mean he might be dressing on game days. That still might not change for Chad Thomas. Um, but you know, for Chad Thomas, it's now or never. Look, and it's not just a Cleveland Brown thing. It's now or never. Do you want to be an NFL football player? Are you going to take the next step to do what you have to do to stick around? And you know that's the way it's going to be played out. With that, I really, I really enjoy this group. I, I don't think the competitions. There's going to be much competition here. I, I think you know who your guys are, unless they start, you know, going outside and bringing in, which could affect some guys here. It's pretty easy to come up with who were the best eight or nine of this group very, very easily. Because once you get to Avery at five and Zettel. And Coley, that puts you at seven right there. So now you're just splitting hairs over the last couple of spots. Um, would you still like, you know, maybe a big plugger in a situation, you know, where it's a team that could really run the ball and you want to save some of these uh, elite guys for the passing downs, get Sheldon a blow, get Larry a bow, get Miles a blow. There's, there's, yeah, there's the need for that type of guy here. And look, it doesn't have to be a, a big special one. It's just got to be somebody who's good at that. Uh, maybe who guy was here and just won a Super Bowl last year with New England previously, but those type of guys, uh, you could maybe use one of those there who you're confident in the one thing they do, and using that to your advantage. Uh, somebody like that comes available. Yeah, they, somebody here is going to lose a spot that was probably had by them. Uh, it, 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 but it's 
it's still not all the way there yet, Pete, but it's certainly vastly improved from what we were screaming about all last spring and all last summer. Yeah, I mean, they have, they will be able to line up four guys who can get to the quarterback on any given play. I mean, that that is 100% improved from last year where it was typically two. Um, you know, we had guys that, you know, we had hope for that could, could elevate their games, and, and whether it was injury, like with Larry, uh, Emmanuel Ogba, who just never got to where he showed he could be in 2017. Uh, He'd still be nice with this unit. Yeah, I mean, it would have been nice to keep him, uh, but that that is where um, this team gets better. I mean, you went from a a sinkhole at the three technique to having a very good player, especially uh, in a situation like he's in uh, for Sheldon Richardson. They could be a, a great, great group. Now they still, you know, they've got great edge depth, uh, but they do have real questions about the defensive tackle depth and, and, you know, the hope is that in training camp guys will, will show out and, and, and look much improved and it will be, you know, clear that there is no reason to worry about this at all. I'm still extraordinarily skeptical. I expect uh, that he, that, that we will still be sitting there hoping that, you know, guys get released and they're still making moves at the wire, whether that's trade or whatever. But, you know, we'll see. Maybe a guy like Daniel Ekwale can be a, a real surprise. Maybe Trevon Coley can have a, a better year three. He is just 25, uh, you know, turned 25, I think, on 13th. Um, that that maybe there's upside for them to keep going. Um, but that will be an issue, especially if they're going to play into January, uh, that you need to have a viable rotation and they have to actually use it um, and to keep guys fresh, to not let guys wear down the way they did last uh, and to hopefully fuel that defense. I mean, this should be where you are, you know, this should be the strength of the defense, and they have to play that way, and there's every reason to believe they will. Uh, but they, that's that's an area they have to deliver on in the same way that Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham have to deliver on offense. Those are the most proven guys they have, uh, and that that is where you have to be able to say this is the strength of the team. It has to deliver that. Yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of respect to this group. And with Equale, um, look, there's nothing wrong when, you know, Pete and I talk with a guy like Joel Batonio and say, hey, who's a name that maybe you think we should be looking out for? And Joel says, yeah, that's a guy. It looks like he's been really putting in the work. Um, so let's see if it translates once the pads are on. And, you know, obviously, you know, OTAs is what Joel gave us the information based off on. Um, let's see what happens when, you know, the lights are on, mouthpieces in, you know, button up them chin straps. Let's see what happens when the pads are on, and you you know you get the thumping and pumping. Um, but yeah, you know, so it's 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 a nice group of twelve to thirteen guys for a battle, and you know now we'll see how it plays out. But look, you know, don't think that you know John Dorsey and the staff certainly don't have their eyes peeking in other people's backyards for you know potential to fill out you know whether it's an eighth guy, ninth guy, whatever. So the that's it with the D line group. We'll get some listener questions here in a bit. Um, ways to help the show: uh, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, drop a five-star rating. Drop a written review. Ways to help our guy Pete here, Browns Maven, uh, BrownsMaven.com. Become a member. Jump back and forth within the articles. Um, strictly Browns, you know, content that you're talking about with other Browns fans. Most of the time, uh, you don't have to get into some of these Twitter battles with the New York Giants fans. Fun people, by the way. Um, but yeah, that's you know, obviously help that uh, Browns Maven on Twitter. Follow over there. Uh, you know, help Pete out as he, you know, it should be fun because you know for Pete. 
He's in a new venue this year, and you know, obviously, you know, covering what is a much better product than he's gotten to cover Cleveland Browns wise, I guess, in forever. So I'll go ahead and help uh, Pete out with that over at uh, uh, followbrownsmaven.com. I'm sorry, followbrownsmaven and brownsmaven.com. Go ahead, sign up, be a member over there. This first one is actually pretty good, actually. This one actually made me chuckle. Uh, and this would be from At Board With Time, Drew. Uh, what do you think will most help Miles Garrett this year? The addition of Olivier Vernon and Sheldon Richardson? Or the subtraction, Pete, of Greg Williams? Pete? Uh, yeah, you cut out for a second. Um. No, I think it's 100% the addition of Olivier Vernon and, and Sheldon Richardson. I mean, I am fascinated to see what free of Greg Williams actually um, turns into. Uh, it's it's not that I'm, uh, you know, I'm not doubting that Miles Garrett believed and good as was the RB, and, and the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. But, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I think 100% having. Uh, one of the things they want to do, and, and, I, and I suppose this conflates the two points, is if you have Miles, Ge- if, I'm sorry, if you have Olivier Vernon and Jannard Avery on your edges and you can put Miles Geert at the three, which they barely did last year, um, he's going to absolutely murder uh, some of the linemen he's going to face this year. I mean, if you play find the turd with Miles Geert, it, it uh, you know, some of these teams are, are going to have obvious weaknesses where he's going to exploit. Uh, and, and by virtue of having credibility around him, they, they can do that. They aren't, you know, basically opening up a wound for or, or opening up a, a vulnerability for opponents to exploit if they move him. Um, and, 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 and that point, I, I suppose the loss, you could, that's another point to the loss of Greg Williams, the fact that they barely moved this guy around. Uh, but I'm hoping in year three, you know, being free, being hopefully with the defensive line coach and defensive coordinator who are, you know, have every intention of living up to that, uh, promise of moving him around and putting him in position to succeed because he is, you know, he has the chance to be, uh, a top three to perhaps the best player in the league at some point in his career, maybe this year that, you know, the, Part of that is on coaching, I mean, you you want to be able to maximize your talent, and there's you're never going to have another talent like this one, most likely if you're Steve Wilkes. Uh, so get every bit out of this you can. Uh, so that should be great. But I mean, look, they the fact that you have Olivier Vernon and Sheldon Richardson might make it so you don't have to play Miles Garrett ninety percent. Of snaps in in you know for most of this, the early part of the season, that you can take him off the field and not feel like you're gonna you're gonna lose. I mean, if he's uh, at seventy percent of snaps and you, you're getting a you know a much higher percentage of high quality snaps, then those numbers should go up. His predict- productivity should go up. He's just gonna be a better uh, football player because he's not having situations. And this happened you know often last year where he would you know, essentially have to take plays off on the field uh, to try to catch his breath uh, in between in, in between a couple of reps and then, you know, get gain his breath a little bit so he could rush again. I mean, that's I, – I mean, this isn't high school where 
you know, maybe you can't take that guy off the field because 50% of that guy is better than the next guy up potentially. You're the NFL where, you know, 70% of Miles Garrett is great, but 100% of Jannard Avery should be better than that or whatever the, 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 the case may be that you're just having more fresh bodies, more quality snaps out of all your players across the board is a huge advantage and which should be a notable change. Um, and, and I do, I, 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 I'm with you. I, I think maybe part of Greg's approach was the kiss approach, the keep it simple, stupid. Uh, I know what you can do. I have zero faith in, you know, what anybody else can do. So I want you to just get as many bat, at bats as possible, you know, trying to collapse it, you know, from obviously, you know, the quarterbacks, uh, you know, obviously from the quarterback's blind side. Um, so there was that thought of it, but, you know, there is some, you know, did you hold a player back? And did you potentially hold a star player back from doing more, learning more? And there's probably some truth here both ways. And you kind of can't blame Greg, because especially once Greg, you know, became interim head coach, now there was, who you know, could this be my gig? And, you know, and the team was successful, but, you know, was everything handled the best way for the future, but you can't expect that from a guy who's, you know, been handled an interim gig. He's just, in that instance, yeah, he's trying to look out for himself as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of truth to all of this, whichever way you want to spin it. Yeah, th- th- there certainly is. And, yes, now, you know, Miles, who can get some reps off, and now there's more confidence in other guys being able to get to the quarterback with with consistency. And I, I don't want to disregard Larry Okunjobi in this because obviously he, you know he was fantastic as well last year. But now when you ha- you know there should be instances where you're putting whatever four combination you're putting out wherever they're lined up. You know each one of these guys should be, be capable. Uh, you know if they do it right, you know one of them can get home out of the four, which is what you're ultimately shooting for. And this can allow you know Miles Garrett to expand a little bit and, you know, extrapolate a little bit, you know, extrapolate and, you know, work on some different things. And uh, there was just a video a video out yesterday, Pete, and now here he is, you know, boxing gloves on, throwing punches. I mean, Miles is doing everything he can to become from, you know, superstar to mega superstar. Right. I mean, the, the one thing the Browns are blessed with in addition to talent is they have guys who are, you know, Miles Garrett is the type of player who would be great you know, almost regardless of what he does. But what makes him, you know, the special player he is, is he has, you know, the six foot five, you know, almost 280 pound frame and and the athleticism, you know, essentially. Of a great God. (laughs) I mean, on top of everything else, and I think he's a fantastic example if you're trying to like, you know, show players or whatever, talk about like, you know, guys who are trying to coast on their ability or who think they've made it or whatever, that you're saying, look at this guy who has everything. He has absolutely everything. But what makes him, what sets him apart is the fact how badly he wants it, how badly he wants to be great, that he's going to do everything in his power to be great. Uh, That is important. And Larry Ogunjobi, you know, has that same drive in him. and, And that's what makes him potentially very special uh, this upcoming year, I mean, the, the you, you know, it, it, we've talked about this, but he dominated the New Orleans Saints. And that first month of Larry Okunjobi was absolutely eye-popping. And the and the combination of he and Garrett had some ridiculous number of uh, pressures and sacks. 
And then obviously as they wore down their, their effectiveness went lower as it went up. But yeah, I mean, I, and I, and I think part of the thing, and I think Olivier Vernon has a bit of that too. And Jannard Avery is certainly a hard worker. And I, and, you know, and, and for Sheldon Richardson is probably more on the other side of this. Um, you know, he has, been given an unbelievable amount of ability and at times he probably has you know not maximized it yes. but being in the defensive line room you know everybody talks about well you know the patriots are able to absorb some of these guys that and and then you know make them work whether it's randy moss or Corey dillon or or whatever um that the browns defensive line room is sort of a, a small version of that in terms of the fact that they have a bunch of guys who who do things the right way, who, who understand what it means to be a professional, who desperately want to be great. And, you know, uh, and Sheldon Richardson can't sort of take it for granted that he's good because if he does take it for granted, he's going to be the fourth or fifth best defensive lineman on this team. And hopefully they are going to demand him being accountable for that. And hopefully he's going to want to step up in that competition and prove himself amongst this group. And I think that's part of the reason they were willing to bring him in uh, is that he is in, he's being brought into a situation that's going to demand he be the best he can be. And, and that, that may be a slightly worrying thing that he came from his team like Minnesota. And, you know, he, he was in a very competitive room, but they had some, some of their own issues there uh, that, that, but that's, Maybe the the underlying key with this whole thing is that if they demand him, you know, be get up to their level or anywhere near their level, and he puts in the work that he can, you know, he has superstar ability in him. You've seen that out of him at, at, at glimpses of his career. That's what, I mean, he made the Pro Bowl, I think, as a rookie. Yes, uh, and defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, and, and obviously he was a, a a fantastic prospect coming out of Missouri. Uh, that you, you know, hopefully you're going to get the best out of him because of that defensive line group. And look, and and part of it also though with Sheldon Richardson is you know with you know Minnesota, he was kind of a group of five or six. Um, you know, this should be you know the top four, and they'll rotate in when they need to, and hopefully they do it at a better alacrity rate than Greg Williams did, where these guys are you know they're you know they're the gas tank is pretty much full on every rep. Um, and that's what you're going to learn about Sheldon Richardson. And look, and, you know, and he said, he's look, I'm a different guy now. You know, I, I've got a, I've got a young daughter. I, you know, I've changed. I, I've kind of grown up and I, I do want to believe that. Uh, Cause you know, he's been you know pretty clean for the last couple of years. Um, and the thing is, is look, this is, you know, there's going to be some gimme reps and some gimme, you know, blow up a play two yards in the backfield. Some gimme sacks for every one of these defensive linemen. And he put Jannard Avery into that group. Because there's going to be a bunch of reps where, you know, miscon, you know, oh my, well, wait a minute. I thought we were, I thought he was the guy that we were concerned about. And all of a sudden the ball snapped and guess what? Open hole. And now you got one of four to five tremendous athletic just nasty dudes on a football field who may get a free rush and woof, or you know guess what the running back just got the ball guess what? had no chance to do anything and you know here's Sheldon Richardson up in your grill and I you know I think of the program snot bubbles like that I mean there's going to be 
those type of just blown up plays because there's going to be missed assignments because there's going to be so much between the quarterback, between the offensive line, trying to figure out where was the you know the strength of the D as far as the play that they had called, the D line rather, as far as what they had called and where they're going to shift the focus. And there's going to be so much of that. And, you know, for Sheldon Richardson, look, uh, you know, this contract is essentially two years. He can get paid again off of this. And if you do want to see really, really good, you know, Sheldon Richardson, you go nose around for when he was a rookie with the Jets. And, look, this was a team where Mo Wilkerson at the time with the New York Jets was an emerging star. Here was Sheldon, just a, a rookie, came into the scenario. And he was just, you couldn't take your eyes off the guy. He's got an incredible first step. He's hes hes strong. He's very, very strong. But he's very, very athletic at about 305 pounds. He is a solid, solid player. And, and I'm kind of echoing what you're saying here. It's its more of him just kind of coming in and, you know, like feeling the groove, feeling the vibe where he realizes he's around a bunch of great players where he's not going to be as relied on to be, you know, the star. He can be part of it, and it could be truly special. Um, Giovanni Ruiz, your question blended in here. We got to it. Um, Yeah, we do have some concerns about the depth here. Uh, You know, Ryan Murphy, uh, yeah, we'd like like maybe a nice big old chubby dude here, you know, for goal line, for obvious run situations. Uh, Let's unlock. It's the, look, the the dream, and that's why I pushed for this and you pushed for this, was whether it was a Mike Pinnell or Danny Shelton, mm-hmm. incidentally, who both ended up on the Patriots. Um, nothing would be better than getting a. Maybe they won't. Ex- maybe one of them won't make it, and they'll rewrite the wrong. <laughs> um, if if they get a guy who can just shut down like a true old school uh, two gap nose that can really shut down the run, then maybe that guy's in on first down uh, or an obvious short yardage situation, and the Larry Ogunjobi's there for more. Uh, either open downs or obvious passing downs where he can get in there and rush at the passer. That to me, that getting another, uh, you know, and it doesn't have to be expensive. Mike Pinnell and, and Danny Shelton, as example, yeah. don't make anything pennies on um, the dollar that those that can then sort of maximize Larry Ogunjobi, which I think is exactly what you want to have happen. Um, so, yeah, that would be great, and that's why we called for both of them. Um, and and again, it maybe maybe you know it, Daniel Equale can be that guy, or Brian Price, or uh, you know that's that's my issue is Carl Davis. You know, last year uh, when they needed another nose, they went to Brian Price as opposed to Carl Davis. Um, so if somebody can give them a credible guy who can get in there and slam down on the run and then allow Larry Okunjobi to rotate more and be a pass rusher more. And I think that a general disruptor, I think that is the ideal scenario. So we'll see if that changes or maybe one of these guys steps up and makes it look, look, look brilliant. Then I'm all for it. Uh, But I'm waiting for that to happen. And I'm not, uh, I I haven't seen anything to, to make me believe that's where they're going to be at. Yeah, I mean, look, it'd be nice, but, you know, you can't always just have everything. Uh, you know, obviously, every NFL roster is not complete, you know, even after Labor Day weekend. No NFL roster is perfect. So if you got to split hair somewhere, it sucks. But, you know, there's always going to be, a, you know, a spot where it's, I'd love a little bit more there. Pete, uh, league-wise, brown-wise, anything we missed? 
I mean, just I mentioned it earlier, but obviously the Denver Broncos are have opened up camp because they're one of the teams that's going to be in the Hall of Fame game. So, you know, the, the Browns are still uh, six days away, but training camp is open. Um, they managed to sign Drew Locke basically under the wire um, to get him to camp. Th- that is uh, that that means football. You know, we are essentially back in football. It's you know, obviously everybody w- wants. Browns to be back in there, but we are in training camp season. So hopefully uh, the Browns will be in there and we can get going. Well, and as great it would be, I'd rather not have an extra preseason game. Um, the last oh, thing, exactly. Uh, and especially sometimes, you know, uh, and what can go on and maybe the field and uh, whether or not the paint congealed and things of that nature. Uh, everybody just be patient. We'll, we'll wait the extra Six days uh, in that regards. Um, Denver Bronco-wise, uh, Ben Albright, a great, you know, friend of the community. Uh, obviously, you know, him and some other guys have been chosen. There's going to be a, I believe it's a Denver Broncos tonight. Uh, Ben's going to be a big part of that. Ben's been on the show. Uh, congratulate him on that. And you need Broncos coverage uh, And as we, we're going to go and whip the living crap out of the game and them again this year. Uh, so, but it, it, it's it's just nice to hear of football things, and even just today from the small glimpses you get from guys you know who are out there. It's you know what do you usually hear on the first couple of days? Some of the smaller names making a couple of plays, which is you know what you like. It just gets the juices flowing as we you know start to you know ascend into getting further down the track to you know opening week, which I think is now less than fifty days away. Pete Browns Maven, what's in the hopper? Uh, so today I came out, you know, we, we talked about it, but I came out with the thing talking about uh, Gian Jones contract, hopefully beat Spurs. Mr. Risden gave you all the kudos. Yeah. I, I don't know. What, or maybe he did. I don't know why he, he wouldn't have just published it as well, but yeah. Um, you know, I'm surprised he didn't publish it the day before, um, when it happened. Uh, but yeah, I got a video out on that. Talk about Deion Jones as it relates to Joe Schobert and, and, and my continuing hope that they'll extend him. Uh, I don't know what I will do for tomorrow, but I'll figure out something. Well, it's a one in 90 shot guys. Uh, he'll pick something. He'll pick somebody, someone, um, Bra- uh, uh, follow at Browns Maven on Twitter, uh, Browns Like I said, go over there, uh, set yourself up, be a user, uh, interact. Uh, Pete's putting out great stuff here now. And, uh, you know, Pete's getting into the technical aspect of it. Uh, I think he may be better at it than me thus far. Uh, so maybe I'll have to go for some assistance from Pete on that aspect. Um, follow at underscore Pete Smith underscore um, <clears throat> the show at Lockdown Browns, all lowercase. Throw a follow over there. Okay, feel free to DM any questions you have, anything you'd like on the show, anything, whatever. You know, uh, DMs are open, even if you don't choose to follow. Any inquiries, look for sponsorships, anything of that stuff as we get going on here on the 2019 season. Uh, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, do a follow over there. Just, uh, you know, appreciate everybody, you know, for being along for the ride. And hopefully now this is going to be, you know, the ride, the big ride. Um, you've all waited long enough, you've been patient enough, you know, you've gotten some enjoyment with, you know, the Cavaliers, you know, been able to follow a Cleveland Indians baseball team that's been pretty solid. But now it's time, and I think you all deserve it, to have this Cleveland Browns product turn out to be something where it's not just excited for game day because it's game day. It's excited because you're expecting wins on top of wins on game day. With that, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.